Section 26 of Eleven Possible Cases by Various. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Eleven Possible Cases by Various. The End of All by Nim Crinkle. Part Four. Then it was, I think, that the whole terrible truth first lit my consciousness like the sudden upflaring of a bale fire. The inhabitants were fleeing from the country. They were all affected as had been the Brisbanes. I was the only dolt and idiot and liar who had no instincts of danger and who had failed to rescue the woman I loved when she had appealed to me then i plunged wildly out into the street with a feeling of desperation and that sinking of the spirits that comes only in the worst crises and when one begins to comprehend how helpless man is i saw that in the brief time that had elapsed a change had taken place in the aspect of the crowds when i got to broadway again it was with the utmost difficulty that i could make my way at all against the surging mass of people that seemed momentarily to swell it was utterly unlike any crowd in numbers and disposition that i had ever encountered it was made up of all classes it had lost that american characteristic of good humour which had been swallowed up in a dire personal and selfish instinct of self-preservation it was animated by a vague terror and disregarded every consideration but that of personal safety a horrible conviction seized me that the ordinary restraints of society were breaking down and that speedily panic would mount to chaos i saw that this dread was adding to the terror of everybody aside from the fear of it like an assemblage in a burning building the fear of each other was more subtle and operative than the fear of the elements by indefatigable labour i got off the main thoroughfare and reached hudson street and here in the crowd i learned the latest news and discovered the cause of the rapidly increasing excitement i had run against an intimate friend and associate by accident his first words were as he wiped the perspiration out of his eyes well this is awful eh what's the news i asked the latest is that the death line has moved the thurbers have a private wire and i just heard that denver is cut off now it looks as if it was every man for himself so terrible was this announcement and so engrossed was i with the despairing thoughts that it gave rise to that i took little heed of what was going on about me until i reached canal street the one dull conviction that it was useless to fight against now was that annihilation had set in that some destroying wave had started out to encircle the globe and that the race was doomed something god alone knew what had happened to our planet and humanity was to be swept away in one of those cataclysms with which soulless nature prepares for a new order of existence 
i was rudely awakened from this reverie of wretchedness by the crowd which surged against me with a blind unvindictive violence my one desire was to get uptown to the woman i loved and had neglected and i saw that every minute was adding to the difficulty how i reached the brefort house i do not know but there i found a number of citizens who had not utterly lost their heads and who had come together for counsel there was a private wire in the house and they were receiving intelligence from several central points in the city the looks of these men who were huddled into the parlour were enough to dismay the most resolute observer their pale faces and painfully set mouths indicated the sense of an awful crisis which wisdom did not know how to meet or avoid a well-known citizen read the dispatches to them as they were received and torn as i was by impatience my curiosity held me there to hear it was now about half-past eleven in the morning the rapidity with which events had moved since i got up was made startling apparent by the information here furnished the authorities together with a number of influential citizens had come together as if by a common instinct at the fifth avenue hotel the mayor the police and fire commissioners several wealthy bankers and a number of prominent clergymen were holding some kind of council and sending out appeals for cooperation and addresses to the public which latter were entirely unheeded as i forced myself into the room i saw and heard a venerable and majestic gentleman evidently a clergyman addressing those present in an impassioned manner there were tears in his eyes and an awful sadness in his voice men and brethren he said it is appointed unto all men once to die if it be appointed unto us who remain to die together let us die like christians who still retain our faith in eternal justice and eternal mercy and not like wild beasts that devour each other a report came that the fatal east wind was blowing and at this there was a general movement of those present as if the time were too short to waste in longer listening i came up lafayette place to astor place with the intention of reaching fourth avenue both spaces were choked with people and on eighth street i saw a woman on the steps of a private residence wildly calling on the mob which paid no attention to her to repent for the day of judgment was at hand her white hair was blown over her face, and her arms were frantically gesticulating. Into the great hall of the Cooper Union a mass of religious people had flocked, and a number of speakers who were making addresses and offering up prayers. When I passed the woman who was exhorting the crowd, I had noticed the manner in which her hair, which was of soft, flossy white, streamed out straight in front of her but it did not occur to me until i reached the square in front of the cooper union that this was caused by the peculiar and ominous draught of wind from the east of which i had heard so much for it was there that i saw a crowd pointing up to the roof of the vast building known as the bible house which appeared to be covered with people some of them were holding flags and drapery and the material floated out westward without any of the undulating motion which always marks a flag in a disturbed current 
these extemporized pennants stood out as if they were starched i could see that this sign produced a dumb sort of terror in the crowd it seemed to me then that all emotion of which i was capable was centred in the one desire to get to the woman i loved and die with her a crushing and at the same time an animating remorse as if somehow i had been responsible for her death at least in disregarding her warnings and somehow doubly guilty in mistrusting her motives unmanned me and inflamed me it was with something of the same disregard of everybody but oneself that i had seen in others that i fought my way to twenty-first street what brutalities i committed need not be recounted that hour remains with me an acute and jangled memory of frenzy i reached the steps of judge brisbane's house torn and bleeding the terrible scenes were in my eyes and the dreadful monotonous tumult of human desperation that vast sigh of doomed humanity pierced here and there by the wails and shrieks of despair and the cries of innocence for help was in my ears the celerity with which it had all come on left no chance for cool reason an invisible phantom was at the heels of the community and we were part of a mighty stampede after fumbling for an instant at the bell and pushing back several ghastly creatures who were on the steps i must have applied my shoulders to the door and pushed it in someone appeared to be resisting on the other side but it gave way and i half fell into judge brisbane's vestibule an instant later we were looking into each other's faces i bloodied and soiled and ragged and wild with the frenzy of fear and impatience he pale as death but resolute and holding an enormous bar over me quick he said help me fasten this door that sudden call of duty struck something habitual in me and without knowing exactly what i was doing i found myself assisting him in barricading the door the endeavour somewhat changed the current of my thoughts from the danger that was unseen to the danger that was storming under our windows i must have muttered some kind of excuse for my conduct to the judge for he said no time for apologies or recriminations now the house is full of my neighbours who have come here for protection go upstairs and look after the women the best and only thing we can do is to preserve a quiet place to die in and not be trampled to pieces are you armed i dashed up the broad staircase and found the upper rooms occupied by women some of whom in morning attire hastily thrown on were sitting around with their heads in their hands while others were huddled at the windows staring with strained looks of terror at the crowds on the street walking up and down the room wringing his hands a middle-aged man was giving expression to the most terrible irony and cowardice without reference to his listeners i ran my eye over the huddled groups of frightened women the one i sought was not there i flew through the groaning figures on the stairway up to her chamber i knocked loudly and called her by name passionately then i listened i heard nothing but the dull sounds of the human tumult that came through the open casement and the sighing tones of the telegraph wires as a steady draught from the east swept through them 
i shook the door and abjured her to come to me then in my madness i burst it in she was on her knees at the bed with her hands on her ears and her head buried in the bedclothes i fell down on my knees beside her and put my arm around her kate i said we will die together look up love at least is eternal she was cold i caught her head between my hands and turned her beautiful face toward me my god she was dead dead with her staring eyes full of terror and her beautiful mouth set in hard and ghastly lines then it was that i felt rise up within me for the first time the rebellious bitterness of the natural man need i tell you that at such moments man is little better than an animal save in his free agency that enables him to defy i passed hours there moaning cursing bewailing when at last the force of the paroxysm had expended itself i shook my fist in the face of heaven with the obduracy of pagan greek and said come on now you envious fates and do your worst speedily or i will be too quick for you judge brisbane found me there raving do you know i asked yes he answered and i'm grateful she has spared much that we must endure and so i said life love and the vaunted future of the race end in mockery it seems so he replied but we cannot be sure come with me we ascended to the roof the spectacle that greeted us was indescribable the tops of all the houses were black with people who were staring mutely and with childish terror into the west the steady subdued organ tone of the rushing atmosphere could now be heard above all else we stood there in silence a few moments and then i said it's terrible what do you suppose is taking place i suppose replied the judge that we are losing our atmosphere reeling it off so to speak slowly as we revolve our planet has entered some portion of the ethereal space where the conditions are sucking us dry of oxygen as it recedes from the earth the water disappears and we shall be left to revolve like the moon without air and without liquid and consequently without life he said this meditatively less as if he were answering my question than if he were formulating his own fears then i remarked if this takes place gradually the millions have got to struggle and writhe and fight together in suffocation we can at least blow our brains out and cheat such a fate i should hate said the judge to think that the man who was to marry kate had not the bravery to face his destiny that was all that was said we came down and some ripples of intelligence reached us during the afternoon from one or two persons who made their way into the house we learned that in the frenzy of fear the populace were committing the most extraordinary excesses the shoreline of the atlantic was crowded with people many of whom plunged into the ocean in the vain attempt to get away 
the scenes in the city were too revolting to narrate for a large class of the community released from all restraint of moral and civil law were bent on securing all the lawless pleasures that force could command during the few hours that was left to them and the line was steadily coming east chicago was cut off at twelve o'clock and at four intelligence had ceased coming from buffalo at this time the sound of the winds was like the roar of the sea i had torn myself away from the window where i had been staring at the now packed and struggling masses of people and had locked myself in the room with the dead body of kate there was a vial of opium on her table that had been used for neuralgia i swallowed it and sat down by the bedside i know not how long i remained there but a loud report as of a discharged cannon roused me i remember staggering and panting in the dark with a semi-consciousness that the end had come and i now know that report was occasioned by the bursting of the drums of my ears i remember nothing more i have given you a plain statement of my experiences in that crisis and i dare say they are uneventful enough by the side of the experiences of millions end of section twenty six